Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Smetty here. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to start a, a podcast with your dad? Welcome back to another edition of Golick and Smetty. I am Mike Golick Sr. She is Jess Matana, and we have not talked to one another, done a pod in a couple of weeks. It feels like feel like that married couple, we did about 48 or 50 of them, and then we took two <laughs> off, and I felt like we haven't seen each other in like I know. months. Yeah. I know. How are you doing, Mike? I miss you. I, I feel I'm 65 now instead of 60. I feel like I've aged <laughs> incredibly uh, during this time. I was you like, don't wow. don't look a day over 61. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thanks, Jess. You, you know what? You know what I, I know have? you miss me too. Yeah, you know what I haven't missed is that shit. Let me tell you that right yeah, now. Well, we're back. We're back, Mike. Yeah, we're back, and I think your dad is happy we're back because all the lame-ass stuff you pull on him, now you pull on me, so he's safe yeah. for a while because right. I get well, it all. He, and he doesn't have anyone's sports opinions to copy when he's not listening to you. So, ah. Oh, you know, there you go. Good, good news for all the dads out there that need to get some information and some knowledge from Mike Golick. He's back. We're going to be doing episodes every week again. No breaks in sight, Mike. So where do we want to start today? Because I would like to know what you've been up to since I saw you last. Well, we're certainly going to get to football because as the taping of this is the tag deadline and we have guys that are tagged. We have news out there as well that by the time you hear this, you'll, you'll know what's going on. We have Lamar Jackson news and other players that were tagged. So there's plenty to get to there. But so the last couple of weeks, well, I've been kind of, you know, it, it's, I know you're going to feel bad for me because it was a great week of Super Bowl. It's the last time we were together. The weather was beautiful. It's been kind of chilly in Arizona for the last oh, couple no. of weeks. So feel bad for me. I do. Uh, uh, because of that. Uh, so I've been inside um, doing what I do a lot. And that's watch Netflix, Hulu, HBO Plus, Showtime. I mean, I'm watching Your Honor. Uh, I'm watching all of, we're going to get to the Netflix stuff. The are do, do you watch the last of us on HBO? I do. Max? It's oh. so scary though. It is the scariest Netflix. I, it's the scariest HBO show I've watched since game of Thrones, which scared me shitless and gave me nightmares at night. The last of us is it's scarier because it takes place in America. And it is what would happen if there was a fung a fungus apocalypse, yes, yes. and everyone lived in this like dystopian, weird, creepy future. And I hate it, but I, so, I it's a really good show. Are you all caught up? Have you seen everything? I, I did think- not see the episode this Sunday night. So Which the last I heard was scary. The last one you saw was when she kind of went back, and we yes. kind of found out about her past a little bit and such. This last one, Jess, I, I'm not going to lie. I, just fit, I never watch it when it's on on Sunday night. Me too, because it's dark I, out, and I need yeah. to watch it in sunlight. Okay, that's not the reason I do it, but okay, be a <laughs> wuss. Uh, no, that, that's I not am. why I do it. But I just finished the, the latest one. Wow. This one is going to get you. This one, you're going to see, you're gonna see those two uh, 
the the survivalist um, shows up in both of them on this don't, one. That's that's don't all I'll say. For me. Don't I spoil won't. it for me. I I already think I had part of it spoiled on Twitter, and I'm not going to say what it was. But it's a word that's scary and starts with a C and ends with an ism. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's very true. <sighs> That's very true, but it's not. It's not what you think of when you think of that word that you're thinking of. Not like you know how how it's portrayed. You'll okay. you'll understand it when you hear it. But but I uh, haven't been able to eat mushrooms in like a month. Mike. Oh, you don't want to get the fungi uh, apocalypse oh, it's fungus, so huh? Gross. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but it's, it's a, a show. And I think there's only one more after you get caught up. I think there's only one more episode. And, and I have not heard this again. How I'm different than like my son Mike Gojo, mm-hmm. the Gojo Show and DraftKings, and download, yeah. rate, subscribe. subscribe, rate, review, all that. Same with Golik and Smeddy. See, I'm trying to learn the lingo. I like it, yeah. But after he watches something, he like goes into the 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 internet black the hole. Rabbit hole. Yes, yeah. yes. I don't. I just go onto my. I go on Showtime and I go on Your Honor. You know, and I'm watching <laughs> Brian Cranston and I'm doing that thing. You know, I move yeah. on to something else. He yeah. dies. Do you do that? Do you kind of find I, out all the, yes. the, the inner workings? I do for a lot of shows. I, I've gotten a little bit into The Last of Us because it, it's based off a video game, which right. most people know. Right. And so people that have played the video game know where it's going and what is kind of happened in the past. And they have a little bit more context and, and insight into the, the universe that the characters live in. So I've done a little bit, not a lot. I did more of this during like fantasy shows that I've watched, like Game of Thrones or right, Lord right. of the Rings series. Um, and it's fun to supplement your viewing that way, but I think it also kind of can be like, you just, you, you want to watch the show and focus on the things you see also and not get too wrapped up in like all the other things that right. aren't part of the show. So yeah, there's... There's pros and cons to it, but like if I get really obsessed with something, yeah, I'll read every single article or post that goes along with it. So now I heard again. This is when I say I heard is basically Mike telling me that the video gamers who play this video game, they're supposedly not real happy with the portrayal of the. Really? The, I, I, again, I don't know. I've never played the video game, so I have no idea what to compare it to. See, that's that's what I mean because, like, with, there was, with Lord of the Rings, with that series that came out on Amazon last fall, there was really, really negative fan reactions to it, and also really positive reactions. And I liked the show, and I thought it was really good. And so, reading some of the negative reactions to it made me a little bummed out, and so I just. I kind of stopped and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch what they make and wait for the next season to come out um, because I don't want people, other people's opinions to ruin it for me. Like there were like there weren't it wasn't a show that I necessarily agreed with every choice that the directors made or every storyline was super strong and, and amazing. But I generally liked it. And when I generally like something, you know, there's always someone out there on the internet who's trying to ruin it for you. So I decided, yeah. you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna back off from the fan theories and everything like that with this one. All right, so we're gonna get into um, Drive to Survive. F1 started out again. They had their their first race of the year, Full Swing, which is a new Netflix documentary on the PGA Tour. I want to get into that. Tons of football to get into as well. Not just the, who got tagged, but who's been signed, you know, and where we, and, and the combine is over. I, I always have thoughts on the combine, but let's, let's, let's quickly um, uh, hash it out a little bit. Uh, we got into it just a bit on Twitter, you and Mike with your love of Lord of the Rings. And isn't there some, 
There's some, what is coming out that has to do with Lord of the Rings that's over four hours long that is an atrocity? Okay, first of all, hold your horses, buddy, because yeah. atrocity, no. They're, for the post that you're talking about, your son tagged me in, and apparently they're re-releasing the extended edition of Return of the King in theaters, which is a four-hour and 11-minute oh. movie, I believe. Come um, on! I think the ending itself is two hours because that movie ends seven times. I cry during every single ending, so I have no complaints about that film. I love the Lord of the Rings movies. There's rumors that Warner Brothers like might make more Lord of the Rings movies or like remake them, which I don't know why you would do that because the original three are perfect and they're 12 hours long if you watch all the extended editions. But I... I don't know if I have the attention span to sit through Return of the King in the theater. I can, I mean, I watch it at least once a year at home. Like I do a yearly Lord of the Rings marathon with myself on my couch. And four and, four and a half hours is a really long time to not use the bathroom, not just kind of glance at your phone, you know, text your fa friends and family because they think you went missing because you haven't talked to them in four hours. Um, you know, have have a few snacks, that sort of thing. So I don't know if I'm gonna go and watch the re-release of it, but it's not a it's not an atrocity. Okay, it's a really good movie. It's it's let's get it's, that straight. It's an abomination. So it is first not. off, first off, I could if if there was a four hour movie and I liked it, I could do it. I don't mind putting my phone down for four hours. Hell, I put it down for oh, a day. I, I I can deal with it. I would sneak in enough candy to last me four hours. And yes, I, I said it. I believe that. Yeah. Yes, I said it. And I would just have a big cup and I would pee in the cup. Okay. A <laughs> little, <more diff> <laughs> little more difficult for the women. I understand. But so I could deal with it. But I, I'm going to tell you something too. My wife and I both cried during these movies as well. Because they were so fucking long. That's why we cried. I mean... We're sitting there, what? Chris was, my wife, Chris was telling me she took, uh, I think Mike to it, or I don't know if Jake went, I don't think Jake likes him, but Mike was there, and she said, just what you said, she swears it was ending, and then went on yeah. for like another hour and a half, and yeah, she cried tears of sorrow, not tears of joy. Well, oh my god. Sam and Frodo split up, oh. and then like, you know, they go in front of Aragorn, and he's the king, and you bow for no one and then that's sad and then like they're on mount doom and the eagles come like that's sad and they talk about strawberries like there's i mean i get why you cried there's a lot to cry about. the reason i the missed end. it is because i had two sharp pencils stuck in each eye okay oh my god because i couldn't watch it this I couldn't is so do it. mean I, we might need to oh. take another two-week break after this episode <laughs> yeah I, Mike, like i'm ride or die for lord of the rings so yeah. i feel very i am judging you hard right now i could see you and mike going that way together you guys would be just <laughs> loving it does your boyfriend Here's, like it oh yeah for sure oh, he's he actually does. the first he's the first person who ever pointed out to me that the return of the king has like five endings once when we were watching it and I was like no it doesn't and then we watched it together and I was like ah he's got a point but I never even realized that or noticed it because I was so invested in it the first 15 times that I watched it oh before my God. he said that that I never so, even realized So let it. me ask you a question does yeah. he really like it or because you're still dating is he just saying he likes it <laughs> No he really likes it and he knows okay. he doesn't have a choice anyway yeah. <laughs> Also there you like go. <laughs> While we're recording this, here is my leather-bound copy of the Silmarillion in case you need anything to borrow to read. I don't know the what the Silmarillion off. is, Jess. Yeah, I don't know what it is. What is it? What it's, is that? It's, it's a, a J.R.R. Tolkien book that uh, takes place in Middle-earth. 
it's it's leather bound and yeah. tied clothes. Uh, yeah. Can really can nice. I ask can I ask how much you paid for that? This was actually a gift from my sister for my birthday. This actually has so J.R. Tolkien was a phenomenal artist. He oh, I definitely know J.R. Tolkien. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh huh. He drew a lot of the art that's in the original editions of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Um, and he has an art style that I would I would love to try to emulate, but it's it's so cute and and fantastical. And so some of these editions of his book has books have you know his his drawings and sketches and then this one has a map of middle earth in it if you want to look at the map i used to pour over this baby all the time mike we got a little map here you know we got why did you pour over a map of middle earth just to see like you know where the hobbits were going like do you you know jess i i I don't know if this is a spoiler i'm not sure and i I hate to do this to you but i'm going to tell you this okay it's (laughs) make-believe okay You don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's real in my heart. So what's, what are you trying to do here? All I have to say is if we tried to do a podcast for four hours, people would shut us down. I could four hours. (laughs) Oh my long time. I think when you do the cat, the candy thing, you have to pick four different types of candy and each hour, each start, like the start of each hour, you go to the next type of candy. So you have like a way to look forward to the beginning of each hour. Jess, I'm going to say something and you won't be shocked at this. Right. When I go to the movies, we'll go to the movies and I'll get all the stuff I'm going to get. I normally finish it all before the movie starts. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I know. I knew it wouldn't. So (laughs) your, your little trick of each hour, a different candy. It's like a little treat. Yeah, no, okay. I, it doesn't. It doesn't last. I, I wish Fair it did. Enough. So, so you and Mike and uh, you know can look forward to that. We'll I will do si- that. Yeah, I will sit that one out. But I know something that we do agree on is um, certainly. I, I wonder where we'll we'll agree on full swing, which is mm. the Netflix PGA version of Drive yeah. to Survive. But F one has started again. Again, you do a you do a F one podcast for DraftKings. Yes. So you got to be. And they were for, in Bayron for Metal Arc. Uh, it's called DNF. I'm sorry. It's with I'm Spencer sorry. Hall. Yeah. Right. Right. We for Metal Arc. Put out our first bad. episode this week. All good. Called DNF, and it was in Bayron. That's where the first one was. Bahrain. Bahrain. God. Bahrain. It's all right. Yeah. Know. Well, you know. There's a lot of races. But so so, uh, the one thing is, in Drive to Survive. Before we get to the race. I'm a little bummed Daniel Ricardo was out of this thing. Now that that guy has been a great personality. So we got some new faces in yes. uh, in, in F1 this season, correct? There are. So Daniel Ricardo is not on he's not on the grid. He's not racing with McLaren this year, but he is the reserve driver right. for Red Bull. So he's still around. And honestly, I think that was a great PR decision from Red Bull because last year their drivers got in a big fight pretty much at the end of the season. So right. they're like, yeah. you know what? Let's bring in a distraction. How about this super popular Australian guy that everyone thinks is hilarious? So good Why for doesn't them, he have honestly. a ride? Why, why isn't he with the team? Well, so he did very poorly at yeah. McLaren. Right. He, he finished on the podium once. He finished in first place in 2021 at Monza. But he was really struggling with the car there. And then after... They agreed to part ways. I'm sure he got some money out of it because he was on a a multi-year deal. Um, He had only a few options of where he could go. And I think teams viewed him as an older driver that is, you know, probably asking for a lot of money that had really struggled recently. So the teams that had seats open 
didn't really fit with what he was looking for. Like some of the teams near the back of the grid, maybe they could have worked something out, but they probably didn't want to pay him as much as he wanted. And he probably didn't want to race in a worse car than the McLaren car that he was already struggling with. So there wasn't really a good fit for him, I think. And so instead of just deciding to do like IndyCar, which a lot of, you know, some Formula One drivers have done after they've left Formula One or another racing series, he decided to stay with Formula One and he's still, you know, going to races and part of a team, but he's not driving on the grid. And he probably won't drive on the grid unless, you know, one of the Red Bull drivers gets hurt or gets sick or something like that. And yeah. and they they so so I'm gonna give you my quick overview. You you dive into it more than I do. You're into uh, I'm still like this casual fan. But f- this is what I took away from the first race. Red Bull still dominant. Verstappen mm-hmm. wins it. They go one two in this thing. I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And and so they're still dominant. Lewis Hamilton has Mercedes has a long way to go. So they're really behind the back. But it was Aston Martin. Right? That was the shocker, right? I mean, that all of a sudden they've jumped up into the mix. I know it's only the first race, but everybody is saying, and was it Ferrari or Red Bull? Who was it that said they like copied their car and it's like the sincerest form of flattery or something? I think that was Red Bull last year. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Aston Martin was a big surprise during testing and during qualifying before Bahrain. Uh, Their car was really, really fast and it ended up with you know a driver on the podium with Fernando Alonso, who's the oldest driver on the grid, Mike. He's 41 years old. Wow. He's been a really good driver his entire career, but for the last like seven years, hasn't really won anything or done much. And he was at um, he was at Alpine before this current Aston Martin deal, and and left very kind of surprisingly left last season to go to Aston Martin. Aston Martin's other driver is. Lance Stroll, yeah. whose dad owns the team. Yeah, yeah. And so there's already been some interesting politics with all of that because I think Fernando Alonso, as the, the senior you know, veteran driver, wants to be the number one guy there. But obviously, when your dad owns the team, like yeah. you feel like, you know, Lance Stroll probably feels a little entitled to being that guy. And Fernando Alonso is a, a better driver, obviously has like way more experience. But Lance Stroll is also pretty good. So I think there's going to be some interesting politics. But like you said, it's only the first race. We'll see how long Aston Martin can keep up with the front of the pack. If they can for the full season, I think it'll be really fun and interesting. Um, if not, either way, like w- watching Fernando Alonso on the podium in the first race of this season in his 41st year was super entertaining for, for a lot of fans. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool to see. So that season starts, so I, I look forward to watching that again, and I'm, I'm in starting up on Drive to Survive Season 5. Mm-hmm. But now we're in Season 1 of Full Swing. If anybody doesn't know what that is, it's basically a – the documentary about on the PGA tour, they follow the guys yeah. on the PGA tour. And like the first one, they were big on Justin Thomas and, and, and uh, Spieth on uh, what the friendship that they had. And so you're kind of pulling the curtain back and learning about these guys uh, a little bit. It doesn't look like tiger really was a part of this thing. He's not mm-hmm. interviewed for anything. And that that's, that's certainly not, not shocking, but I've seen a few episodes of that. And it's, I, I guess, I guess my word would be, it's okay. It, yeah. it, it's, I, I'm, I always like delving behind a little bit and getting backstories. Right. And, you know, we just see these guys Thursday through Sunday. You don't see a lot of them now. You go just like in, in Drive to Survive. You go behind the scenes and you get to know them all a little bit, their mm-hmm. wives or their girlfriends. 
every single one of them flies private, which is cool as yeah. hell. Uh, but but the one the the one that that got me the most was dude. What is it? Is it Joel 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 Damon? Joel Damon, who was yeah. was ranked seventieth in the world and is extremely happy with just being seventieth in the world. And then what was it last year at the U.S. Open? He was you know right there you know you know trying to win that thing you know. But it was it was cool, kind of his laissez faire kind of nonchalant mm-hmm. attitude and. All these other guys, they were showing the mansions that that lived in. He right. just was in a regular house, you know, going and buying a stroller because his wife is pregnant. And it was that would to me was, was my favorite one so far. I think that was my favorite episode also. But you said that you thought the show was OK. OK. Would you say that it's fair to say that it's boring? Um. Well, I listen, in, in all honesty, golf is kind of boring, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, now Formula One. Don't get me. Formula One is exciting because there's high speed, there's action, but there's also there there are, there are times when F one can be a little boring because for sure I you can't pass, you. you know, and things, yeah. and it's like where you are, you know, in, in the pole and all that. You a lot of it times depends you're on the win it. it depends on the race. Honestly, some I, exactly. races are just boring because yeah. they're you know like Monaco. They are. You can't they really are. Pass anyone in front of but, you. But but golf, there's there's never going to be any. Oh shit! I can't wait to see what happens right. now. There's there's not there's not going to be any of that. But you know that going in. So yeah. I mean, at least you should know that going in. Right. The only the only kind of interesting thing was how they were going to treat they they the first year of it they were smart because it's it's during you know when the players jump to live like they mm-hmm. did a lot with Ian Poulter jumping over to live. And guys' decisions on doing that and the drama, I think that'll build a little more with the drama on that because we haven't heard Rory talk about that yet, you know, in the, in the series. So, yeah. but but yes, yes, uh, because golf is can be somewhat boring. So, yeah, I, there will be times that that thing, that's why sometimes I like to see more behind the scenes and on the golf course, quite honestly. I think my problem was it, with it was that the behind the scenes wasn't that interesting either. Like, I thought that... Um, like you said, there were a couple storylines that I liked. And, like, I, I, I like the Tony Fino episode. He seems like a great guy. But yeah. there wasn't anything, like, particularly, like, compelling about a lot of the storylines. And, uh, like you said, like, the montages of golf plays yeah. don't really make yeah. for exciting television. Like, I think you, it, could, no, you could slice together 10 minutes of, of Formula One. And even if it's a boring race, you get the most exciting, oh. you know, few seconds and put you're, them all you're, together. You're kind of on the edge of your seat, especially yeah. because let's you can't be honest, do it with golf. No, no, you can't. Because let's be honest, in racing, everybody's wondering about a crash. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt, but they yeah, don't mind right. seeing a crash. You know, you don't mind. The, well, you don't mind seeing. Yeah, exactly. It's, there's so much risk involved yes, in racing. Yes, I think, exactly. which is why it makes it more compelling. But like, I used to think racing was boring before I watched Drive to Survive, and then I got to know the characters and the team principals and all these people that aren't afraid to talk shit about each other yeah. when the cameras are on, frankly. And I don't think this, I think golf culture is so different than racing culture. You're not really going to get that much of that. I know there's been no. a lot of stuff that's happened with Rory and Liv and Patrick Reed. And maybe if, if the cameras can capture some of that, there will be more interesting heroes and villains. Cause that's, I think kind of what you need. That's what but you need. Yeah. Yeah. The show, it didn't have, too much of that. I didn't find it super compelling. I didn't, I didn't come away being like, Oh my God, I hate, I hate this. Like I, these guys are, they stink. It was just like, yeah, that was nice. Okay. Sure. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I I'm with you. No, no, I could have watched Patrick. I could have watched like Jordan Spieth's like 
Instagram story and come away with like the same. I agree. The one thing right? I did did know that Brooks Kepka white his wife loves the camera. Yeah. Yeah. There's well, she's no an. I think that. she was in Sharknado. She was an actress, right? Oh well, there you go. I okay. don't know. I I think I'm. I might. I think I might be wrong, or I might. I don't know, Mike. Yeah. I, yeah. But yeah. But, but I, I, I think we agree on that. I'm watching it just because I do like some of the backstories. Um, what was it? The Justin Thomas. It was his dad. He's, he's a third generation. Yeah. His dad was his coach and his grandfather was on the tour. And some of that stuff was cool. Like, I mean, there's some of that stuff I just don't know. Because like I said, it's kind of like in any sport. You just see those players on game day. Yeah. You know, you don't right. really get to know them. So that's kind of the best part to me is to get to know them a little bit. But I, I certainly know not to expect anything like, oh, shit, was that exciting, you know, yeah, in this. Right. But I, I don't think anybody really is going to think that, quite honestly. So Yeah, I mean, I think the show is for new fans because in the first yeah. episode, they're like, Explaining a golf course golf? has 18 holes. <laughs> like, I was laughing so hard. Yeah. It's like, par is the expected yeah. number of strokes on a hole. Like, it was so basic. And I was yeah, like, was. which person is seeing which like find me one person out there a who has never played putt putt and doesn't get that you know like the low score wins because to me if my sister for example knows nothing about sports she is allergic to sports if i called her and said who is the head coach at notre dame she'd probably be like i don't know brady quinn like she yeah. has no idea about sports. <laughs> she knows how scoring works in golf like she knows that you know, low score wins, which is something they actually explain in the first episode. So like, I want to know who the person out there is and maybe, maybe this exists. The person out there in the entire world who doesn't understand anything about golf, how it works, how it's played happens to see something called full swing on Netflix and clicks on it. And is like, Oh, like that, you know, that's how they do it. That's what they do. And maybe that person exists. Maybe there's lots of them. I don't know, but I thought it was, fairly funny no no but listen we're comparing it to drive to survive and and the only thing that's comparable is they're trying to do the same thing you know is give you a docu-series behind the scenes there's there's no way anybody would think it would be as exciting or action-packed as as f1 so all right so i think we're we're kind of on the same page uh with that one and then uh we, we get to the nfl so without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So let, let's, let's start first. We just finished the combine, and I, uh, just for forever... Once I finished playing, and I was I was involved in the combine. Um, my senior at Notre Dame, the combine, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium was not built when I came into the league, um, nor like were you born. Uh, so the <laughs> the uh, the when I went to my um, uh, combine, it was at Arizona State. It was outside on the grass, uh-huh. Arizona State. And so we talk about this combine every year, and I talk about how. It kind of drives me nuts every year that we put so much on guys when they work out in shorts and a right. T-shirt. When I think the most important thing about the combine is players meeting with, with coaches and teams. That way you can get to see somebody face-to-face. When we did it, when I was doing it, you met in, like, groups. 
you know, yeah. you didn't meet one-on-one -on -one with the team. Now they can meet one. Each team gets X amount of minutes with a player. And I like that. You can, you know, for any position, you can put something up on the board. You can run some film. You can have them explain stuff. You know, you could dive in a little bit. But the working out part, I, I, I still to this day, Jess, I, I don't I don't understand. I, I, I brought it up on God Bless Football with Stu and Billy. Remember when Zach Wilson's pro day in shorts and a T-shirt, he rolled left and threw the ball while yeah. rolling left down the field and everybody and lost their mind the on Jets Twitter? Because of it. Yeah. I'm like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> so this one was Anthony Richardson from Florida, yeah. who we all knew was going to test out of his mind. And he yeah, did. The he's dude an incredible athlete. is a freak. Six, what is he? Six four, six five. I think he was two forty four. He had like over a forty vertical. inch vertical. Yeah, forty and right. a half. He was bummed. He wanted forty one. I mean, the dude is a freak. That that was never in question. Right. But to watch him work out and listen, he was going to be a first rounder. But For to sure. anybody to to watch him work out and say, oh, because of the workout, we are now moving him up. I still don't understand it. I don't understand yeah. it. I. I it, I know exactly what you mean because I think it's frustrating, especially for college football fans to hear like draft discourse because there's two guys in the draft this year, Will Levis from Kentucky and right. Anthony Richardson, that have been graded really high in the draft because they have the the size, the oh, speed, the God, body type, good. like all these things that you want your quarterback to have. Yeah, but I want to look like them. They're unreal. Right. Yeah. If you you know watched any of them any of their games, which, you know, it's hard to grade, I guess, if you're a team that doesn't have great NFL quality weapons, right. which Around not every you, college right. football team does. Um, but, you know, Anthony Richardson was really hit or miss this season, like yep. struggled a lot. Um, didn't have really consistent week-to-week -week, um, progress uh, for Florida. Will Levis, like, same thing. So... It's really weird to watch as college football fans because then you have someone like Bryce Young, who I think the main concern with him is his size. Yeah. He's not, he's maybe like 5'10, 5'11. He's 204 he five, pounds. He was 5'10 and an eighth. And he was there you go. 5'10 and an eighth. I, I rounded it up for him. Yeah. 204 pounds and like, oh, can you know, can you take a hit and all this stuff? But like, if you watched Bryce Young play at Alabama, he was incredible yep. and Alabama didn't have the weapons this season that they typically have and he still stood out and won the won the Heisman last year and he's an incredible uh college quarterback that doesn't always translate in the NFL right but right. there's always players like this especially at the quarterback position that college football fans every spring are like what are we talking about like this Bryce Young's a proven winner he's proven to have all the skills necessary but the NFL, they're looking for something else sometimes. And then you see someone like him, you know, maybe he, he falls a little bit and a team steals him. And it's like, oh, how did we not see this coming? And it's like, well, a lot of people did. But, like, the metrics change. Everything is always in flux around combine and draft season. And you never really know what's going to happen when people finally make their picks on draft night. I would want to get my scouts and whoever is, is checking out talent during the college season. Right at the end of the season, I want to get their report on what they think of let's say, an Anthony Richardson. Yeah. And then after the combine, tell me why it changed, okay? We knew he was fast. We knew he was a freak athlete. So is your report, is your scouting report of him after the football season and then after the combine, is it different? Mm -hmm. it is, if it's different, because everybody's got him shooting up the draft board now, if it's different, why? Now, if you tell me, listen, 
we see his skills. We've got him in the room. We put tape up there, and he was masterful. That's That, to me, is more important than the fact that he jumped 40 and a half inches. Right. Because you know what? If he jumped 38 inches, I'd have been cool with it. Okay? <laughs> All right? I'd be just fine with 37, 38 inches. Okay? That's not the thing that's going to say, oh, shit, if he jumped 38 inches, he's a second rounder. It's what you, what coaches saw in the room with him. If you tell me, man, he was unbelievable, then I'm cool with that. Because yeah. we have seen, we see Levis and we see Richardson. We saw bad completion percentages. And mm-hmm. a lot of times that doesn't translate well in the NFL. Though, Josh Allen has overcome that. Jo- Josh Allen, I think, is the reason that yeah. these guys are yep. going to be drafted really high. Yep. Because I, and Jalen team... Hurts as well. Jalen Hurts yeah. overcame it, uh, some of that as well. I, and, and you're right. And because of that, they're going to say we can coach that into him because look at the athletes they are. And also, Richardson had a lot of passes dropped. He had a lot of throwaways, so that hurts his completion percentage. I get all that. I've mm-hmm. actually watched all these players play. Watch them. And for my money, if you told me who you take at first, I'm taking C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Yeah, I mean. That, that's the guy. And, and that isn't despair because I would take a number of these guys in the first round. Young's a first-rounder. Levis a first-rounder. Richardson's a first-rounder. I'm telling you right now, if Hendon Hooker didn't get hurt at Tennessee, he would be vying for the top spot because yeah. I loved watching that kid play and what he could do as well, playing the game of football. For anybody that doesn't know, I think it was in November, blew his knee out. They think he'll be ready to play by the beginning of the year, but he's missing all the time before that. All so someone will be able to stuff, someone yeah. will be able to steal him uh, yeah. without a doubt. So so that you know that went on, you know, uh, and and that's that's basically what everybody talks about. But I think is a quarterback. But I think the first round is going to be heavy cornerback, heavy wide receiver uh, as well. You'll probably see a couple of tight ends go, including Michael Mayer, who mm-hmm. who who didn't test great. But I knew that was going to happen. He he's not going to out athlete a lot of people. But you know what you do with him? That's the that's the reason why you watch tape. All he does is get it done. All he mm-hmm. does is catch the ball. All he does is catch it in traffic. All he does is get people out of the way to catch it or block people. So to me, he's he's the number one tight end. But there'll be two, maybe three, but I think two tight ends uh, going as well. So. All that work is done. I think a lot of these guys are happy. They'll never have to probably run a 40 again. They won't have to broad <laughs> jump again. They won't have to vert again. They won't have to run around cones or hula hoops and all yeah. that kind of shit. They can just get ready to play football. So um, that's always an interesting thing to me. And then, like I said, as as the taping of this um, is the, the tag deadline uh, for players and coming into the taping of this, Jess, we had four players, and you could tell me if anything was added, four players who got tagged. Tony Pollard, the running back from the Cowboys. Josh Jacobs, the running back from the Raiders. And both those tag numbers are obviously the same. They're mm-hmm. right, just a little over $10 million. Evan Ingram, the tight end from Jacksonville, got tagged. And for tight ends, it's 11.3. Uh, Deron Payne, the D tackle from Washington. What a great year he had. Their, their whole D line is phenomenal in Washington. Mm-hmm. He got tagged, and he's just a hair under 19 million dollars I don't think you again correct me if I'm wrong anybody else got tagged but we know the big news out there of what happened Lamar Jackson so yes tell tell everyone what this means so he signed the non-exclusive franchise tag which is 32 and a half million dollars this year so now he's going to be able to go and talk to other teams right? So, and, right and the Ravens will be able to decide if they want to match it 
or let him walk, basically. Or exactly. And, back. Yeah. Right. And, and he didn't sign it. It was, it was placed on him. So right. there, right. there's two. There's the non-exclusive and the exclusive. So non-exclusive is thirty-two million dollars, and I'll get I'll get to what he can do to every for, you know with other teams. If they put the exclusive on him, which means nobody can negotiate it, I think it was about forty-four, forty-five million dollars. So basically, what everybody and and I think I would agree with this, though there is a caveat is if he if they put the non-exclusive on him, he was going to be gone. Now, non-exclusive means that another team can sign him, another team, and to sign him, they have to give up two first-round draft picks, and they have to come up with a contract. To, mm-hmm. uh, but then Baltimore can match that contract, mm-hmm. and then L- Lamar has to stay with Baltimore. So here's my thought on that, Jess, is they have not been able to come to an agreement on anything, right? Right. Nothing. So – I wonder if Baltimore is basically saying, Lamar, go ahead. We're going to yeah. let the other teams do the work for us. If you think, if there's another team out there willing to pay you an ungodly amount of money, let's see it happen, and then we're allowed to match it. So right. since they couldn't come to an agreement, I think Baltimore is basically saying, all right, we'll let another team go do the work for us, come up with this monster deal, and then we can decide – if we want to sign that, sign you to that, of which he has to go right. back and play for but, Baltimore. But they're willing. They're willing to let yes. him walk, which I think is the you know. They, the they are willing. Part. They're willing to let him walk, but they have the last say. That's yeah. the thing. They. It's like go ahead, but it's like it's like the yo-yo. Right. The string is still attached to my finger, and we can bring you back. You know, right. if we feel yeah. we we That's because crazy. they can't come to an agreement. And again, if he goes to another team, that team has to. Give them that right. salary and, and the, give them two, two first-round draft picks. The alternative here was they could have signed him to the long-term deal that he wanted, but by all accounts, it doesn't sound like either side was close. Like, Lamar no. Jackson wanted to be the highest-paid quarterback in terms of guaranteed money, and they didn't want to meet him with the guaranteed money. Is that right? The The whole thing here is every owner in the world is pissed at the Haslam's in Cleveland. Right. Because they signed Deshaun Watts to do a third, 230 completely – 230 million completely guaranteed deal. So basically Lamar Jackson and and you know what? He's right for doing it. Says mm-hmm. my my deal should start there, you know, right. or or be higher than that, all guaranteed. And all the other owners are ticked that that happened because under again, so let me I digress a little bit because a lot of people see baseball and basketball contracts are fully guaranteed once you sign them. That's not in their CBAs. That, that is not in writing, in ink, and signed by both parties. That's just the way it is now. There is no rule, there is no CBA agreement that says we pay you whatever deal you sign for, we pay you that full salary. That's just how it works now because that's what players demanded and got when, when they're negotiating their deals. So everybody's waiting for the football players to do that, and we know the position that will do that. It's the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So everybody's saying, Lamar, get a, get a fully guaranteed deal. Joe Burrow, get a fully guaranteed yeah. deal. Justin Herbert, get a fully guaranteed deal. Jalen Hurts, after the year you had, get and start the ball rolling because it'll start with the quarterbacks and then maybe bleed over to the other positions. And the teams don't want to do that. There's no way that they want to do that. So mm-hmm. that's that's the battle right now. And I will yeah. be interested because I think this is kind of a great experiment for all of us. And certainly for it's going to be for Lamar. What is what is what does another team value you at? What what do they value? What are they going to offer you that Baltimore has a chance to to match? Right. And the downside of course to playing under the tag is if you get hurt, 
you don't have anything locked in place long term. And Lamar Jackson has had some injury issues. He didn't right. play the second half of this season. He didn't play uh, a little bit last season. So it's not in, in his best interest to play under the tag. Um, so it will be really interesting to see which team wants to make any sort of moves for him. But I think at the same time, if you're the Ravens, like you've constructed your entire roster to complement yep. his, his style of play. Um, so it's very interesting that they were not willing to make something work with him. Uh, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm certain all the other AFC North teams are delighted to see this because he has been such a threat in that division at the quarterback position. And hi- without him there, I mean, the Ravens went from Super Bowl contenders with a great defense to, yeah. you know, not really able to make any sort of um, offensive production yeah. towards the end of the season. So. And, and the thing about it is, is they're changing old coordinators. They're going to go to more of a pro style type of an offense. And the and, and the th- to to the point about what they built around him though I will say they didn't give him shit at, t- at wide receiver he's got a yeah. great tight end but they didn't give him anything at wide receiver when they had the money when they That's weren't true. paying yeah. him he was on his rookie deal and they didn't go out and and do like you know how Miami did with Tyreek Hill yeah. and the and the Raiders did with Devontae Adams they didn't give him anybody when they had the money to do it so I I I don't I wasn't sure what they were doing. And the other thing I'll say, because I always lean on Andrew Brandt, who Andrew Brandt, if you don't follow him, he's a great follow, the business side of the NFL. He was in the front office for the Packers for a number of years when when um, when Favre was there, and then they went to um, Aaron Rodgers. And he knows the impact of a lot of contracts. A lot of times you'll see a deal signed, like the deal that uh, that uh, Carr signed with the Saints, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred and what is it, hundred and fifty million dollar deal? Yeah, hundred guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, but Andrew Brandt kind of broke it down to what it really is—the Geno Smith deal. And kudos to Geno Smith. I'm so happy for him. Yes. Of what his deal really what is. A, yeah. I, Did not I mean, see that one coming. I mean, his his deal's a little similar to Derek Carr's in terms of yes. money. I think, right? Yeah, For he's getting years. fifty-two million his first year. It's probably around sixty or seventy, maybe uh, uh, th- for the whole thing guaranteed. But one thing Andrew always says is because everybody always says, "Oh my God, these quarterbacks—they take up a monster chunk of the cap, and then they can't get any help." And Andrew Brandt is the first one to call bullshit on that, and he has listed time after time after time how that is not true—that that is on the team. They have to know that they have to have good capologists and they should still be able to build winning teams, even though they're paying their quarterback. So as he calls it, it's a lazy excuse. And he's a guy because I'm in nowhere near an expert in that field. So I always look to people who are, and I think he is. So, uh, you know, just because a guy's going to sign that monster deal doesn't mean you can't still it's, build around. It's a, it's a very silly tactic used to try to get a quarterback to, to play less. for under their value. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is every, every GM's dream because then they have, you know, less money to pay <laughs> more yes. players. They can spend the money on, et cetera. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson seems like he knows his value to the Ravens. Certainly we'll see. We'll see where he ends up. If it's back with the Ravens or somewhere else. Yeah. So Carr ends up with the saints. And now we have a contingent of Jets brass going to meet Aaron Rodgers. I was going to make the joke and saying we're all going to the dark room and they're all going to talk in there, uh, you know, but Aaron's out of the dark room now, so I can't make that joke. I mean, just could the Jets who we always every year say find a way to screw it up, could they possibly get Aaron Rodgers? 
By all reports, it sounds like yes. Like I, I read recently that they're flying to California to meet yeah. him today as we're recording this. So we'll see how that shakes out. There were reports out of Green Bay that the Packers were f- just basically fed up and disgusted, according to a few, um, you know, Green Bay insiders. So yeah, it seems like this this might really be be it for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, hopefully, the darkness retreat gave him some clarity. I guess no pun intended. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can see it. I can see it that, I mean, jet fans are jet fans are just going to be waiting for the shoe to drop, right? Something, yeah, something, something else, something bad will happen because my God, the money you have to pay him, he has a balloon, like 52 or $58 million payment due at some point. And Oh, by the way, you have to trade for him, which means you have to give up assets, whether it's players, draft picks or both in this. So Obviously, we'll continue to keep an eye on all of that. Um, as far as the odds, which is always fun to do, DraftKings Sportsbook, the first pick of the draft odds, Bryce Young, is at minus 200. Do you see who's second? He has jumped up there. The freak, Anthony Richardson, wow. is plus 300, and then C.J. Stroud, plus 450. Uh, the, so the top three are quarterbacks, and, and that's uh, where they are with Bryce Young being the favorite, but Anthony Richardson now second in that. So I, I, I think he'll be the third quarterback picked Richardson. I think, I think it'll be young and Stroud that would go before him, but you could have four quarterbacks in the top 10. And I think you'll see some trades. I mean, the Which bears, is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because well, the bears thing is, is fascinating and is going to be debated until draft night probably. But I think going into this off season, a lot of, uh, you know, NFL people were saying that this was a weak quarterback class and now it appears to be five four or five first yeah. round quarterbacks that we've talked ourselves into and look I think I think they're all pretty good I yes. I don't know which one of I would want of Richardson or Levis if I were a you know yeah. a, a fan of a team drafting a quarterback this year but certainly Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are really good so I and, know and I if, know that <laughs> and if Hendon and I, I'll say it again if Hendon Hooker from Tennessee yeah. was healthy he'd be a first rounder and then you have to live with this fact. Say there's the four. It's been 50-50 forever, Jess. Yeah. 50-50 of, of who makes it and who busts. So if four go, that means two are going to bust, according to <laughs> history. So, you know, enjoy that, all the fans of those teams that drafted one of the quarterbacks. Did you get one that'll make it? And, and you know, listen. There have you been might times, not know for a few years. <laughs> but, but And there have been times where it's all worked out. Go to Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, yeah, and uh, Philip, Philip Rivers. Rivers. Listen, they're all, they're all going to end up in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> So, you know, that, that one all worked out pretty well. So, so we will see. So we'll keep an eye. Um, uh, free agency starts pretty soon uh, as well. And we have um, college basketball. We have Selection Sunday yes. coming up. I, I love this time of year with that. Are you a – and we'll get into this more next week. Are you a one-sheet or a multiple-sheet person for your contest? Um, I was actually just talking about this with Kate Fagan for our other podcast, Off the Looking Glass, and she she made a point that is – I think very salient, which is the amount of time you spend making your bracket does not correlate to your success with that bracket. So maybe I'll fill out three, but I'm not going to spend more than five minutes total on it because I know it's going to suck either way. Yeah, I'll fill out 15, but it'll only take me 10 minutes to do it because I'll just, yeah, just, I'll just scribble rip through, through it. it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you do it online now, but click, click, yeah. click, 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 submit. Exactly. Um, it's so easy to do. I know I'm going to lose. I'm going to basically might as well light this money on fire. I'm terrible yeah. at it. And, and and the people that always yell at me and say I only do one, I say just make sure you're in the group 
uh, that I'm in because I, I, I look forward to taking your money. Because when yeah. your sheet burns, I have, and my sheet burns, you I got like 14 15. others. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm good. Yeah. I'm well, okay Mike, with that. This, this is going to be a really interesting. So I don't watch a ton of men's college hoops. And we'll talk more about this next week, like you said, after Selection Sunday. But I do watch a fair amount of women's college hoops. And the conference tournaments just ended. Yeah. And they they were as good as they've ever been. There was a game with Tennessee and LSU where Tennessee upset LSU after a 17-point uh, comeback. That was crazy. Indiana, Ohio State was crazy. Um, Virginia Tech won the ACC. They look like they're going to get a top seed in the tournament. It's going to be a really, really interesting tournament. And other than South Carolina, like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. there's five teams in the women's side that could win. But South Carolina, they they do look. Haven't good even at, mentioned and, UConn, obviously. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad you didn't bring up Notre Dame getting shellacked in the tournament after they did win. They did win the ACC regular season by beating Louisville, yes, and they, they got did. smoked by him well, in the okay. tournament. For any Notre Dame fans listening, so first off, congrats to Neil Ivey. She won yes. ACC Coach of the Coach Year, of the which year. is a huge honor. They won yep. the regular season ACC. The last game of the regular season star of the team olivia miles it's oh. a non-contact knee injury we don't know if she's going to come back yet yeah. they haven't said anything because they don't want it to affect the seating but they won their first tournament game in the acc tournament and then like couldn't score 40 points the next night they yeah. had no off no offensive answers against louisville which stinks because they beat louisville twice in the regular season they did they so did. it was a tough watch for what do we think they're going to be on the three fans. line do we think they'll be on the three line Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, they have such a, a good regular season record. Yeah. I don't see anyone but, jumping boy, over them. But Boy, we need her back, though, Ugh, don't she's we? So good. I mean, yeah. You know what? But the bright side, Mike, this is a really young team. And, like, we yeah, said that last year during the tournament, too. Like, there were a lot of freshmen out there. There's a uh, – Cassandra Prosper is, like, basically a senior in high school, and she's playing, you That's know, amazing. For, for Notre Dame right now. So, really young team. Like, I think they'll be okay. I hope Olivia Miles gets better. And yeah, yeah, soon, yeah, me too. Well, well, I, I'm glad we're back, Jess, though. At the beginning of this, the way it sounded, it sounded like you weren't real happy that we were back. That, you know, no, I'm you were so I'm mean happy. to me. You were yeah. mean to me about the Silmarillion. I, I still don't know what that is. What, what, what does that word don't, mean? Don't worry about what, 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 it. Honestly, honestly, don't get me started because we will be here for four hours and 11 minutes. I'll no, send you a no, YouTube video. How about no, that? We won't be here for four hours because <laughs> I'll hit leave on the meeting. <laughs> and you'll be Fine. talking to yourself. Fine. I'll start talking. And next week when you log in for next week's episode, I'll still be sitting here talking. That sounds good to me. I All look right. forward to it. See you then. See you.